Hey friend, we're Lisa Lord and Sarah Jacobson, and this is the Christian Business Breakdown, a podcast for faith-led business owners to start, build, and scale their business, all without second-guessing their every move. We're former teachers turned business owners who finally broke down and let go of trying to run our businesses the way everyone said we should. If you're ready to become the expert in your business and stop trying to do all the things, we've got you covered. You can start with Sarah or level up with Lisa, all right here on this one podcast. It's time to set aside your never-ending to-do list, pop in your earbuds, take a deep breath, and join us each week. We equip you with the tools and skills you need to be an empowered CEO, discerning the best strategies to maximize impact and income for your unique business. And we even have a little fun along the way. We love practical business strategies, Jesus, and keeping it real. It's time to break it down. On today's episode, we're going to kick it off with a quiz because, you know, what's better than a good quiz in the summer? But let me ask you this question first. Are you a business owner that has something that's just been holding you back? Are you stuck on social media content? Do you not have a framework to help guide your coaching clients to the transformation that they're looking for? Are you struggling to get a breakthrough on generating leads? These types of challenges can keep us stuck and keep us from getting the results that we want in our business. And we want to help you. Hop on an empowerment call. And for this month only, the month of June, we're offering 20% off those calls. You can grab the link in the show notes and we'd love to see you on one of those calls today. If you've been around the Christian Business Breakdown for any amount of time, you know that Lisa and I are both teachers. And so as teachers, we love Love to give a good pop quiz. So are you ready for a pop quiz today all about your phone? Yeah, let's do it. Don't worry. It's only about five questions, but these might be a little bit hard to hear. So think about these honestly. Thankfully, you don't, you're not accountable to anyone. You can just answer them in your head. But number one, do you sleep with your phone on getting notifications in the night just in case someone might call you? My other question about this is, do you know how to go to bed without death scrolling before you turn out the light? Death scrolling. I love that. I love yes. that phrase. Yes, it's very true what, what it is. is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And my other question about death scrolling is, do you use death scrolling as a way to escape? That one is is a tough one for me. Yes, I guilty. (laughs) Raising my hand over here. Okay. Number two, do you take your phone with you everywhere? Everywhere. What is your first reaction when you're, when you go somewhere, you have to stand in line, you have to wait, you're at the doctor's office and you know, you're waiting for them to call your name. What is your first reaction when you have to wait, pull out our phone, right? And we look at our phone. These are a little convicting. I'm trying not to say too much because I'm like, oh yeah, I do that I know. all the time. I, yeah. I'm not asking these questions because I'm perfect at this. I'm asking these because this has been something I'm trying to work on. Okay. Number three, we'll move, move a little faster. Does your phone ping endlessly? at all manners of time, night, day, whether you're with people, whether you're home alone, do you, are you getting alert after alert after alert on your phone that's distracting you and drawing you out of the moment that you're in? Number four, do you get a little twitchy if someone suggests, hey, what if you left your phone at home for the day? Ooh. Do you think you could actually do it? Yes. Like, hey, we're going out for a hike. Let's just leave our phones at home for the day. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Yes. Number five, this has actually happened to me, but would you go into a panic spiral if your phone were broken and you couldn't use it for four or five days while it was getting fixed? Okay. Four or five days, that's a long time. I mean, I think I could go a day right. or two, but- <laughs> Right. Yeah. These are these are hard questions. These are hard questions. And, and what I want to start with is I want to say that I personally don't believe that phones and technology 
strategy are inherently bad. I don't think that they're necessarily a bad thing. But what I do think we need to be aware of is who is actually in charge of your life. Is it your phone? Right. Or is it you having control over your phone? Is it running your life? And if so, it might actually be impacting you more than you know. So today we're diving into five ways you probably haven't thought about how your phone is impacting you and what to do about it. And I just want to say this is really tricky, but I also use this as an excuse. That motherhood, I think, that you're like, well, what if my kids need me? What if the school needs me? What if something happens? What if my husband gets a flat tire? You know, like whatever. We use those as excuses. I do keep my phone by my bed and I do have a lot of limitations on it, but I do have a a few certain things that can come through because I have teenage kids who are out late at night and a kid in college who, you know, the other night he called me at 11 o'clock at night and I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And he just wanted to chat, which was very unusual. So I was freaking out, but it's just, that's, that's how it is as a mom sometimes, but we need to keep that in check too. So understand that we are moms and we know that there are things that you need you need to be available for, obviously. We do. And at the same token, you and I grew up without a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone until I was 21. Right. I was married. Yeah. And so I get it. And I understand that this day and age is different. And both of my children have cell phones. I have one teenager and one that's about to be a teenager in a few months. But sometimes not having a cell phone means that they have to problem solve and figure it out right. and ask for help. Yep. And you know, I sometimes I just think, and we're going to get into this a little bit, but technology has given us an excuse to not ask neighbors, to not ask for help, to not problem solve when we have some trouble. And so let's dive into this uh, today. My husband and I have a big um, thing with our children that there is a difference between an item being a tool and a toy. And we tried to teach that to our kids when they were younger is that this is a tool. And so this is how we use this item. And this is a toy and you get to play with it. And that's the same thing with technology. Technology is a tool that we should use and it should not be in control of us. And so one of the ways that your phone is probably impacting you, number one, that you might not even realize is your sleep. And we all are always tired. I mean, we could always be getting better sleep, more sleep, deep sleep. And I don't think we think about how we let our phone be our master of us, which does impact our sleep. My mom modeled this actually for me really well growing up in that she loves to read and she would always read before bed. And so that's what I always did growing up. And I continue that and I still do that. I always read before bed. It's just the way I wind down. And even when I got a phone, I just, I, you know, I put my phone on the charger and then I read like, that's just how I unwind. And I have no trouble going to sleep. Now, not to say that if I was on my phone, I would have trouble. I think I'm just very tired at the end of the day. So I end up sleeping really well. And so I know a lot of people struggle with that and that might not be the issue, but it also might be the issue mm-hmm. in that you're the reason why you can't go to sleep or it takes you a while is because you're on your phone right before you go to bed. And the blue light studies really have shown that when you're looking at that blue light on your phone within one to two hours before going to bed for that death scrolling and extended time on your phone, it really is impacting your sleep. It's impacting your ability to get into that deep deep REM sleep and have natural cycles of sleep. And so for me, the solution that I am really working on right now, and it's something I'm really paying attention to, is no desk scrolling two hours before bed. Two hours. 
before I go to bed to give my brain the wind down. We've lived for thousands of years on this earth without those phones and probably been a little bit happier and been a little bit better at sleep. And so that's something that I've been working on as well as waiting until one hour after I wake up in the morning to start getting on my phone. Now I will look and make sure because like I have family that live on the East Coast, so they're two hours ahead of me and sometimes they've texted something that's going on. So I I do check on my screen real quickly. Is there anything I have to know right now? But I have really been trying to leave my phone downstairs in our room before I go up to make breakfast and see my kids so that I can be fully present with them and so that I can start my day without knowing about what catastrophes have happened and you know, all the bad news of the day or what work I need to do for that day. It lets me ease into that day. It lets me be present in the morning when my kids are there instead of just being on my phone that first hour of the day. Yeah, that's so helpful. I tend to be like that too in that I I have a lot of problems with my phone being attached to it. But in the morning's first thing, my alarm goes off and then I get out of bed and I go downstairs and just, you know, make coffee and, you know, all that stuff. I don't usually typically get on my phone until after I've taken my kids to the school. I mean, obviously I look at text messages and stuff like that, but I'm not looking at Instagram. I'm not getting on my news feed. I'm not you know, checking email, any of that stuff, um, which has been really helpful. Like leave the phone on the charger if you need to, or leave your phone down and downstairs. And we've done this with our kids. We don't allow them to have their phones in their rooms. Like they have to be downstairs charging at night and that has been helpful for them. So yeah, for sure. So the first one was about um, technology being a tool and not a master and, and getting that sleep that we really need. The second one is really about our presence. And if our phone is constantly going off all day, I have to say you probably are not being very present with your family, your spouse, your friends, your coworkers. So my my thought is, could you actually have a one-hour conversation either without your phone going off or without you checking it and just looking down and, you know, like being distracted because that communicates to the person that you're with that you're not really invested in that relationship right then. Yeah, it really just makes you feel like less of a priority. And we've all been there when we've been in the middle of a deep conversation with somebody and they look at their phone and you're like, and then they're distracted. Oh, oh, sorry, you know. So that is really frustrating. Just don't, don't be that guy. Right, but it's not easy because we have so many notifications on our phone. If I had every notification turned on for all the apps on my phone, it, it would literally be going off every minute. There has been research that shows that every time you get distracted, it actually takes between 10 and 13 minutes to get back focused into what you were doing before you were distracted because you, you're you thinking about what you just saw and, oh, I should respond and, oh, there's something else that I need to do today. And so we need to learn how to start turning off notifications. Your phone doesn't have to dictate and control to you what you do and when you respond. And so for me, I have literally turned off every single notification on my phone except for texts and I all my kids are both in sports so we do have an app called team snap where we get updates which I have to get because it's like practice changed the field changed and so those do come through but they're not very many of them and then I love be real I'm only friends with like six people on be real because it's mostly about my nieces and like my family members that I don't get to see so I really don't have that many notifications from be real because I just have limited it to who I actually follow but literally everything else I have turned off so that Instagram it doesn't dictate to me when I 
I go into Instagram because there's notifications and you got a message and someone liked your post and all of that. I choose when I go into Instagram and do that and spend time there. Same thing with Facebook and other apps. I've simply turned off those notifications because my phone is not in charge. And for a long time, I felt like because I I like to be a a very conscious business owner of like, I want to be on top of it. I want to respond right away. And so for the first I don't know, like 10 years of my business, I responded to everything immediately. It didn't matter if it was midnight. It didn't matter if it was on a weekend or whatever. And I've really tried to pull that back. Nobody cares if it takes me four hours versus 10 minutes to respond. And so we are giving you permission, not that you need our permission. You don't have to answer everything right away. Now, should you be timely and responsive? Yes. But that doesn't mean you have to do it immediately. Yes. And one of the things I do too, I don't know if you, Sarah, you don't have an iPhone. So this is a little bit different for Android users. I don't know. But iPhone, you can put screen limits Mm -hmm. or time limits on your phone. And so I have my phone at 1030 every night. I'm a little bit more of a late late night person. Um, So 1030, my phone goes off and I can't access any of my apps. I mean, obviously you can click out of that and say, yes, ignore the time limit, which I do more than I should. But, um, and then I don't have it to come back on until seven o'clock in the morning. So from 1030 till 7 a.m., I don't get notifications from anything other than like texts and then Life360 because I have teenage kids who are driving around. So those are the things that I get notifications for. Yeah, it's really helpful to have those time turned off because then there are times where it's like I get it before bed. I'm like, oh, I'll play a quick game on my phone. And it's like, you've reached your time. And I'm like, yep, I have. I don't need to be on that right now. And it's just a great little reminder of those things. You don't need to be responding to all your Facebook and Instagram right away because if your potential clients get used to you doing that, then they're going to yep. expect that from you when you have them as a client. That you're going to jump every time that they post something or ask a question. And even when I was a teacher, we would tell parents, we have 24 hours to respond. And 24 hours, like if I got a parent email at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, 24 hours is three o'clock on Monday that I have to respond to you because I don't work on the weekends. Right. And the kind of people that I want to work with in my business have those same boundaries as well. Yes. (laughs) Because it just communicates you've got boundaries on your business, you've got boundaries on your time. You want to be present with people. And those are the kind of people that I want to work with. So no, I'm not going to respond to Facebook at all hours of the night. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's just liking this post, you know, but it's like, it's 10 o'clock at night. And I don't want them to think that I work at 10 o'clock at night because really I don't and I shouldn't. Right. So yeah, which really moves into the next way that your phone is probably impacting you more than you realize. And that is your productivity. And this is, this plays right into what we were just talking about, going back to the notifications and beeping and all of the interruptions it's impacting your work. I already said this, but I'll say it again just so you can really think about this. But every time you get distracted, it can take 13 minutes or more to get back on track. So if you're doing that deep work, like we talked about in a previous episode, you know, getting into the real deep work of things, and then you have your phone going off, you're self-sabotaging your work time because you're not getting into the deep work. You're constantly getting distracted. So you can go back to episode 20 and hear more about that deep work but your phone can really play a role in you not being able to do it well. Well, and sometimes that we use that as an excuse because the deep work that we're doing is hard and it's it feels hard, it feels overwhelming, it feels difficult and it's so much easier just mm-hmm. to, oh, I'm just going to check my Instagram really mm-hmm. quick. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, respond to that email really quick. So being able to do this, I need to be better about this, but I heard it from a productivity person that's like, you should not have your email open in a mm-hmm. tab. You should open it, check your email, respond to it, 
get out of it, and then check it again at noon. You know, however often you want to be checking it, morning, noon, and night, morning, first thing in the morning, first thing in the afternoon, however you want to do that. But just having that little red dot at the top telling you you have emails there is causing, can cause your brain to just take that little break because it's like whatever you're doing is hard or feels mm-hmm. hard. And so it's so much easier to just be like, oh, I'm just going to check my email really quick. So it does take you out of that deep work because your brain likes to take the path of least resistance. For sure. And that's exactly what I teach my clients how to do is you do a morning routine and part of your morning routine is check email, check social media, do those little tasks in the morning and then do it as a closeout because that's really all you should be checking. You shouldn't be in there all the time and you should, you're right, you shouldn't have the tab open because then it's just like a notification on your phone. It's dinging and you're distracted by it. Anytime I see a little one pop up on my email, I'm like, ooh, who's it from? What's it about? Oh, I should. Ooh, do I need to respond to this? Yeah. Yeah. I just really encourage you to plan for periods of time when you don't check your phone. Now on my do not disturb on my Android, which I do love my Android, I can set it so that on my do not disturb, my husband and my two boys can break through that do not disturb. So like I have it on do not disturb right now for recording the podcast because I don't want it going off. But if there really was an emergency, theirs would break through on my do not disturb. And so there are ways that you can still feel like you're a mom and being attentive if they need you, right. but block every single thing out besides that. Or if you really have some deep work to do or you want to do a PowerPoint planning day like we talked about, then ask your husband and your kids, hey, today dad is the point of reference, not mom. Right. You know, if you have an emergency, you're texting him and not me. That's part of what you can plan for so that you can really go into, I've heard the term monk mode where you're like really turning everything off, hermit mode. Yeah. Like I'm having this time where I'm, you know, whatever you want to call it, but I'm setting it aside. But you're going to have to train your brain because this really, really can be hard, a hard bra- habit to break. It is really about training and retraining your brain to do the hard work. So number four of the way that your phone is probably impacting your body, and you're probably saying, Sarah, you're being a little dramatic, but the reality is more and more studies are coming out that your phone is also impacting your physical body because you have poor posture. Think about how you look at your phone. Your head is down. Your neck is strained. Um, you've got neck pain, shoulder pain, eye strain. That is real, staring at your computer all of the time, staring at your screen. Even if you haven't identified this for yourself, it really is real the more you're on it. Um, thumb problems because you're always using the, your thumb. Like there, these things are real, even if you aren't really identifying it. And I'm guessing if you really took a, a week of a break from using your phone so, so much, you would probably feel oh, I kind of feel better. My shoulders aren't so tight. My neck doesn't hurt. You'd start feeling the positive aspects of it if you took a break. Yeah. And we all get that. Well, not maybe not you, Sarah, again, Android user, but iPhone users. Mine comes out on Sunday morning. It's my screen report. And it sends me, it's always during church where it's like, your screen time this week was down 10% or up 8% or whatever. And it tells you how many hours and minutes average Mm -hmm. you spent that week. And sometimes it's real convicting. And other times Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I did good this week, you know, but it always is more time than you're like, no way I spent three hours on my phone every Mm -hmm. single day. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. you did. Just checking random things or whatever. So yeah, that is very convicting. And I don't know, have you seen that like made made for TV thing? I think it's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of real. It like goes around your neck and holds your phone out in front of your face. (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, one of the ways that I've started to both have boundaries on my phone, be more productive, and also not be staring at my phone all the time is I try and use whatever apps I can on my computer yes. during my work time versus having it on my phone. So I use Voxer for my business. Um, I have a number of clients and people on Voxer. I've turned notifications off because just because somebody asks a question doesn't mean I have to respond to it right when they send it. And I started to just use Voxer more on my computer. So then I'm just doing it when I am working. Because if they send me a a Voxer at five o'clock at night and I'm done working and I'm spending time with my family and I see it pop up, I'm like, oh, I can just respond to this real quickly. Yep. Well, now it's like, nope, I do that during business hours and I do it on my computer because it's work time so that my phone can be a tool and not just dictating to me what I'm doing when. I tend to do that with Instagram sometimes too, when I really need to get something Mm -hmm. done on Instagram for my business. It helps me not to just endlessly death scroll like you were talking about, just get distracted by, ooh, what's that? And the whole goal of social media is to keep you on there as long as possible. Oh, for sure. And so they're obviously trying to do everything that they can to capture your attention. So yeah, being able to do it on Instagram isn't quite as powerful on your desktop. No, for sure. But there is still a lot of stuff you can do on Instagram versus on your phone. Yeah. Uh, So you can create some limits there. The last one, which I almost, I wonder if this is a a big one for me and a big one for other people, is your phone is really impacting your creativity. And again, I asked you this at the beginning, but what do you do when you have to wait somewhere like at the doctor's office, in line, in the carpool line, picking up the kids? For me at soccer practice, I spend, you know, hours and hours sitting at the soccer field. A lot of times I walk in the wintertime, it's cold, but I'll walk. But what's the first thing you do when you have to wait? You grab your phone. Mm -hmm. We are eliminating. We are now a society where we don't know how to just sit and wait and look around. And I always claim that I'm an introvert, which I really am. I do get more energy being alone. But I love to talk to people. And like, I'll talk to people in line. I kind of get it from my mom. Like my mom will talk to anybody. She's from the Midwest. And it's like, when we're on our phone, we don't we don't meet interesting people. Right. We don't chat with the person next to us. We don't look around and observe. And so, you know, I and I think that not having that space kills our creativity because our minds can never wander and imagine and think about and process. And, you know, I've even started, I, I'm starting to walk in the mornings now at like 6.30 after my kids leave. Um, the day is just starting. I used to use that as podcast time of listening to other podcasts on my walk or even listening to worship music. And I've I've left my headphones at home now and I just go on a walk. It, sometimes it feels really weird. I'm like, oh, I'm just like in the silence, you know, but I'm actually like saying hi to my neighbors and, you know, listening to the birds and and enjoying being outside with ha- without having so much input in my mind. And I can process so many things because it's just quiet and I'm outside and I'm walking and I'm getting energized. Yeah. There's a reason why they say some of your most creative moments come when you're in the shower. Right. Is it's because there's nothing, you're not hearing anything, you're not listening to anything, your mind is just wandering. And yeah, you're right. We've lost that. And we've lost the how to interact with strangers. And I did this once. I was convicted about it. And so, I don't know, a few months ago, I, I, I got a pedicure here. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to use my phone while I'm sitting here waiting for my nails to dry. And there was this other woman who came over and we chit-chatted for like 15 minutes about random stuff, about her kids, about my job, you know? And it was just such a nice conversation that I felt so fulfilled afterwards. And then I'm like, you know what? I would have just looked at my phone and probably had imposter syndrome. Right. 
doing that instead. You know, it was so much healthier. And you never know, they could be your next client and you missed the opportunity because you were sitting on your phone or just someone you could invite to church or someone you could offer in a word of encouragement to. You never know who God's going to use, but we eliminate the possibility of that when we're on our phone. We eliminate the space that we need to be creative and to just think through things and to process and to thank God for, you know, the day and, and do all of those kind of mental downloads that we don't even give ourselves time to do. We really just kind of went through five things that are impacting you with your phone, your sleep, your presence with your the loved ones and friends, your productivity, your physical body, creativity. All of those are being impacted. I, I literally could probably list more ways that your phone is impacting you. Right. We could talk about, you know, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Social media is a breeding ground for <laughs> imposter syndrome yep. and comparison and discontent. It's also a breeding ground for anxiety. You know, I could probably do a whole podcast on, I'm not sure we were designed as humans by God to know all of this news all of the time immediately as it's happening with live action reports. I don't know that we were designed to take all of that on, but today... I just wanted to talk and, and to share with you to get you thinking it's it's summertime. We're getting into that time where it's like lots of outside time, enjoying time with family. So I just wanted to pose some of these questions and ideas to get you thinking about your relationship with your phone and what are one or two steps that you can take to actually digitally de- detox, take your life back from being tied to your phone, create that space and just give yourself like a deep breath of fresh air. And we really want to encourage you, don't do all of these. Like you will fail just because we're humans and that's how it's difficult for us to make that many changes. So just pick one or two and say, you know, I'm going to get in and figure out how to use my time limits or I'm just going to be really conscious about leaving my phone plugged in when I get up in the morning until after Mm -hmm. I finish my first cup of coffee. If you can like stack it with a habit, that really helps of like, I'm not looking at my phone until after I do my Bible study with God or after I go for my morning walk or whatever that looks like for you, picking something that you can really, that you know, like, hey, when my kids go to bed, I'm going to put my phone down, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you. But I feel like if there's something, there's a certain time or there's a certain routine that you can put into that, it just helps you be a lot more successful. It takes discipline. That's the word that really has come yes. to my mind in the last couple of months about my phone. I feel like God has been inviting me to to break some of those habits, which have been very, very hard. Um, but it, it does take discipline, which we don't have a lot of. We want instant gratification yep. and that's why we like our phones and we're attached to them and we believe these lies that we have to be available all the time. So it takes that discipline and discernment. You're going to have to ask for help from family and friends. You're going to have to make a plan. I've had to make it a point to have more books on my Kindle. So then when I'm like, I don't have anything to do, so I'm just going to get on my phone. I'm like, oh yes, I have downloaded books on my Kindle to read. You're going to have to plan ahead. You'll have to create some boundaries. I really encourage you to think about a success marker for yourself. You know, like Lisa said, pick one or two of these, set a time. I'm going to do this for the next three weeks and set that success marker for you and then stack the habit. Don't try and do everything all at once because it it really can be an addiction that you're trying to break and you want to have some success along the way. But now, right now is a great time to practice this idea of a digital detox. It's nice outside. Go outside, go for a walk, go to the pool with your kids, you know, whatever that looks like for you. It's easier now than the, the dead of winter when you're stuck inside and it's cold and dreary out. So 
Seize the opportunity. Yes. So we would love to hear on Instagram, come over and share with us what digital detox step you are going to take this week and we will cheer you on. And we'll share ours too. Cause I think that we, we both, that we're preaching to the choir here, people. We, we all, we struggle with this too. So we're going to be taking some of these steps as well. We'll let you know what those are. Have a great week and don't be on your phone as much. Thanks for joining us for today's breakdown. If this episode has empowered you, please leave a review and share with a fellow CEO. Remember, you are the expert of your business, so break it down your way.